Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Hi, Carol. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) It's great to be here. In the Roaring Twenties. Oh boy, oh boy. How do you feel about that? The Roaring Twenties thing? It's, It's already annoying me. Yeah, it's like people are trying to get back into decades. Everyone was just a while, you know, adrift for 10 plus years, yeah. not knowing what to call the early 2000s. Yep, exactly. Nobody liked the aughts. Nobody liked the teens. And now they are excited about the 20s. And you know what? Didn't really turn out that great. So don't know why everybody's latching on to the, no. <laughs> the 20s. Polio was alive and well in the roaring 20s. I mean, but it's fine. Um it's fine. We're, we're here. 2020, it's fine. The fine 20s. <laughs> oh, the fine 20s. I like that. Like, it, why not, Why rehash? Why retread? I'm okay with decades. Don't get me wrong, I love a decade. Love them. <laughs> yeah, I like the fine 20s because it could be fine, like a fine wine, mm-hmm. or just fine. Just fine. It's possible. That would be nice. Yeah. Can't we just have nice things? Fine is nice. <laughs> the bar is high here at Mummy and Diddy. Oh, yes. Yeah, so high that we had to start the year off with oh. the 1993 classic. <laughs> the good son. Macaulay Culkin. Elijah Wood. Oh, yes. And directed by a guy, I don't know, but written by Ian McEwen. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Of yep, atonement yep. fame. Yep. Also wrote this movie. Yep. And one is better than the other. <laughs> we'll leave that to you. You guys can weigh in on, yeah. our, on your social meds. Um, we'll do a poll. We should do a poll. There'll yeah. be a social media poll, absolutely. Which Ian McEwen movie is is better written? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a close one and we will post the results as soon as they're in yes so i read a bunch of trivia about this movie Mm. and i guess it kept being cast and recast and shelved and not funded and like the actors grew up and were too old and anyway it took a long time to get this movie off the ground and the director was at one point martin scorsese (laughs) No, it was Michael Lehman who directed um, Heather's. Dang. One of my favorite films. And I just really wish he had stayed on the project because it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that this movie... I enjoyed watching this movie. I, I a, did as well. Yeah. In a, in in, a strange in, way. In, yeah. If, if it came out today, I would laugh. Um, laugh and laugh. <laughs> just cackle and cackle like a demented child. <laughs> and, you know, there's just a lot of nostalgia about this movie, even though I hadn't ever seen it. I always wanted to. Because I had also never seen it. Because we were 10 and 11 when it came out, and this movie is rated R. And I remember that being a big deal. 
a hard R. <laughs> no, this is a definition of a soft R. <laughs> yes, this is a, yeah, this, because it has one F-bomb. Hey, Mark. Don't fuck with me. Ooh. Cuts like a knife. God damn. Literally nothing else happens on screen that couldn't have been shown on network television, even in 1993. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's nothing else. It's so strange. But it is disturbing. I mean. Oh, like a piece of, well, I'll get to a piece of trivia later that like gets to that. It seems more like there are people worried about like in sort of a PMRC kind of way, like worried about kids doing bad stuff right because of the movie so they wanted to make sure only adults saw it right right i get that that's like that ratings board hard at work that's like yeah the ultimate use of that cabal well jokes on them because i think a lot of people a lot of kids ended up seeing this movie on vhs because they were super curious about why it had an r rating and they were they... really disappointed, I think. <laughs> there are no boobs and no, there's no sex. There's no, no none of that. Very little violence. Yeah. I Well, yeah. An animal dies. Gore. Very little gore. Yeah. That's what I mean to yeah, say. They Plenty even... of violence. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's get to. Should we recap it? Yeah. Let's get to this recap. And boy, do we have a recap for you. I'm excited to read it. So just so you guys know, a little behind the scenes on MXD, Carol, is it's her job to go to the IMDb plot summary page and peruse these. Just I really go down, through. To down an elevator to the to the database. That's right. She, this is like the, um, the, what's the name of the school in Game of Thrones? The name of the school like in the, Game of Thrones. The library. Oh, no. That's not happening. Listen, guys. <laughs> Don't know. Carol saw... Who did you see? I already forgot. I saw Gilly at Whole Foods. Gilly! Oh, you didn't tell me it was Gilly. I never got there. Oh, we never Tried to play there. 20 questions to guess which Game of Thrones character Carol saw at Whole Foods 365. Yep. So like the Trader Joe's version of Whole Foods that they're already getting rid of. It's just weird because the show was on for so long. So it's like, who... Who would be there, right? It's not he Cersei got, Lannister. He got many questions in and had it had it down that it was a character on Game of Thrones, but... And not a major one, and it was one of but, the female um, characters. Yeah, but like an important one. Yeah. Yeah, I saw her and she... Because it's been, you know, a few months since the show ended, it took me a second to place who she was, and especially out of context, it was like... Okay, I know I can picture her in like a medieval setting. What have I been watching? You know, and it kind of had to. Oh my gosh! Go through it and um, all of your swords and sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited because Gilly is so cool. But I think she lives around there because our our friend says that he's seen her too. He Weird. guessed it right away. Oh, bizarre. Mm-hmm. I guess I also wasn't listening. <laughs> no, you were in the bathroom. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, that explains it all. Um, the Citadel. Boom. Oh, yes. He thought of that on his own. Mm-hmm. Recap time. Uh, so, yeah, Carol walks down <laughs> several into the sub basements of the Citadel. She's down there. Yes. Reading through all of the plot summaries. By candlelight. Oh, yeah. Is there any other way? No. And comes out with nothing but the best 
for you. Written by, oh, I like this on the, I'm looking at this on my phone today, and it has the author credit first, rather than at the end. That's nice. Yeah. The, on the website, it's more like uh, an Amazon gift note, with just a couple of dashes and then like the person's <laughs> email address. This is written by Rob Hartill. I like the gravitas. After his mother's death, a young boy, Mark, is left with his aunt and uncle while his father makes an important trip. Cousin Henry is at first great fun, but isn't your average boy next door. Mark believes Henry is evil, but no one else can see this. The end. The end. Do you know why I picked that one for you to read? Um, because it immediately delineates who, uh, what the relationship Mark has. I want the family the... feud wrong button. Oh. Mm. Cut it out. That's good enough. Thank you. <laughs> no, because it says cousin Henry, and we have a cousin Henry. We have a cousin Henry. Um, calling him out by name won't say who he is. Look, there's a lot of cousin Henrys out there in the world since yeah. from 1993 until today. <laughs> it's your job to find out which one is ours. That's right. Um, that's why I thought it was funny because I hadn't put that together at all. During the movie. Nor had I. Yeah. And it no. makes it so much funnier. Um, mm. And it is funny. So now comes the time where I have to read you a bad synopsis because that is what happens here. Yeah, you spent the time. You put in the hours. You got to have a little you time. <laughs> but it, it ties into one of our points that we want to talk about. Excellente. Okay. This one comes to us from Karen Kenny. After Mark's. Elijah Wood, mother dies, and his father must take a business trip to Tokyo. He is sent to stay with his aunt, uncle, and cousins, Henry, Macaulay Culkin, and Connie, Quinn Culkin, eight, just the number eight. (laughs) He quickly bonds with Henry, but as he learns more about him, he realizes the family are in grave danger. A chilling tale showing how some people are just born evil. Wow. Sides taken, Karen. No, Karen, you missed the point, I think, of this movie. Mm -hmm. You missed it real bad. Sorry to tell you, Karen. Go home. (laughs) Go home. Throw yourself on a cliff, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good sun ref. (laughs) I, I do hope people have seen this movie. It's, um... You it's, have zero business worrying about spoilers or if you are listening to this podcast about a 1993 movie and have not seen the movie and are mad about that. <laughs> um, it's just a fun watch for so many reasons that we're going to get into. Oh, yeah. It's a tight 90 minutes. The oh, opening was... credits are like the... Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm opening credits, but in Comic Sans. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to post a picture to like to tell people what we're watching this week. Oh, great. And um, it's if, in, it's really incredibly bad. It's staggeringly bad. The, the, the comic, font the choice. Font. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the default font choice from like a wacky paint program <laughs> that someone had <laughs> in the edit bay. So strange. Um. Yeah, saw just, Ian McEwen's name pop up on the screen and, screen and thought it must just be like, you know, Brian Wilson over there. Yeah, 
a Dave Davies situation. Exactly. Oh, classic. <laughs> the speaking of music, straight away, I'm thinking to myself, why is this movie scored like a silent film? <laughs> <laughs> and I know we talk. This is not the point of this podcast. The Internet Movie Database and the score of a movie. That's not why you're here. But it's become it though? it's becoming why you're here. Um, Music is important to us and our family. I'll say that. I'm going to go ahead and give this an ethos because we are very musically minded. We want our kids to enjoy music. Music is important. It's a part of everybody's life. Josh works in music and my name is Carol, which means song of joy. So, I mean. Yeah. So deal with it, Karen. (laughs) Go jump off a cliff. (laughs) Okay. I had to. It became so insane of a score that I had to look up who was responsible for this. And it's not that it was bad, because in a different movie, like Airplane, (laughs) Ghostbusters, Trading Places, other works by Elmer Bernstein, a great, fun score. This movie? Comic adventures, capers, things that require the music to be over the top. He has like 250 titles, really. I just picked those because it sounded like the airplane soundtrack or score. It it literally sounded like. Dun, 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 dun. Do you have yes, a that kind? Oh, you mean the little uh... Henry? Please, no! This it's just two children rolling around on the ground. They're acting well, as if it's a it's... cliff. Well, and the mother has been thrown off and is climbing back up. Yeah, like she's, she's a cliffhanger. It is crazy. <laughs> like like we're watching free solo. Like that's what it was like. It that is one of the most implausible <laughs> scenes I've ever seen in any movie ever. But like the music, it sounds like it should be Captain Kirk fighting some like Vulcan warlord or right. something. And I don't know a lot about Star Trek, so come at me. But um, the music is just fucking bonkers, which in Airplane, again, so fun, perfect because it is evoking all of those 70s disaster movies. And so it needs to be on the nose and in your face. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, watching... Like just the opening 10 minutes where um, poor Mark's mom dies and they're at the funeral and the after party. And it's all very like emotional. The after party. (laughs) It's a big line to get in. But look, Elijah Wood knows a guy and. uh, He always does. (laughs) So it's very emotional. And I was like, all right, all right. Very heavy-handed, but then it just kept going. Like they're they they drive cross country to Maine. Very important, you know, it's Maine because they do have lobster for dinner that first night. Yes, (laughs) and then clam chowder the next night. Yeah, whole everyone has a whole lobster, and we're seeing young Mark learn how to crack it open. We're in Maine. 
the cliffs of Maine. Um, but anyway, this the score was just absurd. And um, I'm not going to say it's not the same thing as Jerry Goldsmith. This is not the same thing. This is just a bad choice for this film. It's bad. It's bad. Full stop. It's bad. It's distracting. It barely. It ruins the tone. It ruins the tone I, of the movie. Again, it is with not all, a horror movie. No, because of the music. Exactly. I think that if maybe if Michael Lehman had directed this movie, we wouldn't be sitting here today. A challenge to all our young composers once again: rescore it, mute this movie. Oh I my would gosh, love. It would be terrifying with the right score. It oh, really yeah. would have been so much better. You could probably um, full on just re-edit this movie and make it good because mm-hmm. they also just just to talk about the movie for a minute longer. They really miss this what could have been a really great buildup of all of like the boys will be boys doing stuff if it had just sort of escalated rather than being interspersed with like random psychopathy by you know. By is it who's is it Mark? Who what's uh, Henry? Cousin Henry. Cousin Henry. You guys give up? Oh yeah, thirsty for more. <laughs> it's it's a great uh, film coming off of that because you just like him. You like him, and he's mm-hmm. sweet, and you think he's being funny, and I guess um, his dad. You know he loves traps. So Macaulay Culkin's dad. Somebody else was cast in this movie. Like I said, lots of people had been cast. But whenever, you know, it was just about to be shot and um, Macaulay Culkin's dad wanted him to play the role. So he said he would pull him out of Home Alone 2 if he didn't play this role. And so Fox caved. Oh, my God. Oh, he had some like studio contract or something that would prevent him. Wow. And his parents were real assholes, right? They were. Oh, yeah. They stole all his money. Early on. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, I think that too. But apparently like another sharks. director walked off the movie because um, because of Macaulay Culkin's dad. Anyway. Oh, shit. Okay. The point is um, it is it is perfectly cast. He was right. <laughs> yeah. He did a good thing by making. The good dad. <laughs> the good dad. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't think that's what the documentary is going to be called. No. I guess not. There's I mean, all this stuff with like the paper mache masks when he walks in the door. <laughs> no, there's just like a million things. You're, you're saying that you didn't like those things, or you're saying they could have just been like fun little kid things if the score wasn't so heavy-handed. A little, well, a little bit of both. I didn't, I didn't like them just interspersed with, uh, and then like immediately transitioning to them what's sub, just like normal, acceptable. Well, that's kind of the whole thing. Kid behavior. You know now, looking back on this movie, that it's like uh, what it is. But at the time, that's if you had just been watching this movie mm-hmm. in 1993, that would have been the fun part of the movie. It would be like, is he a psychopath? Right. But I mean, I just think it could have built in like in sort of tears, you know? I think they did. I really do. Okay. Maybe yeah. it's really well done. And I'm totally wrong. No, I don't think it's well done. I just think that what you you're just not like maybe you weren't looking for those things, but I think that they did escalate it in a pretty, as far as like a 90 minute movie goes as slowly as they could, you know? Well, I mean, things like they immediately climb up the treehouse 
and he he's like, do you want to fly? And then later on, he says the whole thing about like, you could do anything. You could fly. You put that treehouse scene after that little speech and it, it carries the same tone, but in a more like earned, interesting way to yeah, me. Yeah, there were so many back and there were so many things going back and forth of like he's a sweet kid no he's yeah you know I mean, that's I th- a, it felt more like yeah it just felt more manic than like interesting to me i would have liked to see more of those later i have tons of problems with like the structure of this movie and i hate the ending and hmm. uh no it's not it's not a great movie it, it really deserves a, a, a remake i think yeah i mean this is this is a movie ripe for a twist yeah, exactly. And I guess not. I kept thinking that. I kept thinking maybe this movie isn't what I thought it was about. Like you know, I kept thinking yeah. maybe it's going to do something different, and it could it could be that. I think. Well, totally. I mean, I just felt like there was this like, also like I mean, all this stuff just like <laughs> it was just kind of left on the floor for the entire thing because you basically have like Chekhov's treehouse and. Chekhov's well and Chekhov's pack of cigarettes and, and the bolt gun. <laughs> Chekhov's yes, uncalibrated crossbow, homemade crossbow. Yeah, there were a lot of things. Like none that. of which, none of which ever come back into play in any meaningful way. Yeah. So strange. Ian, tell us what's going on in this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like was it just like butchered and it was going to be probably the <laughs> two and a half hour version of it? <laughs> um, it's really moody and interesting. Um, but. The the boys will be boys thing. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because I was thinking as I was watching their little like, we're just cousin friends, like escapades doing dumb shit, like mm-hmm. breaking, you know, windows in the old warehouse and smoking cigarettes by the well. I just thinking, you know, with us, especially having boys because boys brains are different, mm-hmm. like more impulsive um, as far as like physical um, stuff goes. Right. Not to say that all boys are like that or all girls aren't, but raising boys in a society who that thinks that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Is that like the scariest shit of all is just the dumb stuff that kids do. Oh, my God. And I think that, I mean, I definitely took a lot of risks as a kid, but I think that boys are, are like given more space to do it i don't know i hope our our kids don't feel that way you know like i don't well an appropriate amount of risk i guess it's like a hard thing as a parent to be like i want you to take risks and i want you to you know have those scary moments that make you like build confidence and everything but it really is so fucking dangerous (laughs) like as they're breaking the windows and stuff it's like oh god you could die you could just fall on a piece of glass and die that's so funny that that is also where your brain goes with all this stuff. I was thinking about just how like the one thing I did like about all that stuff was how really imminently realistic it is as like, you know, like growing up in a kind mm-hmm. of suburban New England town yeah. where there's the woods and there are these like, yeah, there's abandoned shit around yeah. there's or just, you know, things left uh, on looked after and that you can yeah, I can go break shit you can throw shit off overpasses you can do like yeah I don't think there's anything and no, I, I I'm I'm agreeing that like those things it's like that's yeah. the scariest stuff to me it's not because you're gonna be there to protect your kid hopefully from like the big stuff but it's like the just I wandered off 
you know, and I was just exploring and I stepped on a nail and I died, you know, or just. <laughs> know. Yeah. Like uh Harry in Home Alone. <laughs> yes. It's just Marv, a wet, sorry. just a wet bandit doing, <laughs> doing my working job as Boo says. Oh, Boo has started talking about just turned two. As we noted, oh, less than a month to ago. Boo. Did we already say that? I think it did make All it right, into the Or we were talking about we're prepping for the party or the, his birthday oh, at right. that point. He has been, ever since then, talking about his working job and our working jobs. <laughs> Is that your working job? Like, like if I'm just doing something? Like, mm-hmm. Yes, that's my working job. It's my working job. <laughs> it's incredible and so, so utilitarian. cute and oh. utilitarian. <laughs> sure. uh, As we like it. Yes, that's right. They must be equal measures, utilitarian and cute, or you're out on the street. Cutilitarian. <laughs> oh, hashtag it, baby. Um, if I, what was I, I want to say about our working jobs? I cut you off about like the old stuff in New England, but I think uh, that we're in agreement here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it is just interesting to see. Like I thought that was a thing that the that they did well was actually like putting in realistic stuff. But I do think that like, yeah, the inherent danger of it again would have played better if like then it builds and you're like, Oh wait, that's, that's like a unquestionably dangerous treehouse ladder to climb. But I even just like that they would appear, it was, it was never questioned by the parents. They're just like running out the door. But that speaks to your point about like even the society, societal expectations of like girls and boys, the sister, though much younger, was just like kind of left mostly inside on her own, wasn't really included in their right. activities very often. And the, the, what, like the, the kids would just like run out mid-meal and just like sprint into the woods to like go do God knows what. Right. And that was, was like, eh, get out of here. We'll see you at dinner time. Yeah. I They went to such lengths to be like, he lived in New Mexico they drove 11 states in three days this all these shots of the jeep going through from warm weather to cold weather putting the like they had such an extensive thing to make you realize like how different his life was going to be and then they just like like you said left everything on the table of like he's never been in a treehouse treehouses aren't a thing so good he could have been in like a an adobe <laughs> a cliff dwelling oh somewhere. maybe so maybe that's how he knows how to climb the ladder that's like right tall tall cliff dwellings okay um it tracks it's very high that tree house it's very very high yeah silly like and then the last move is that you have to do one of those like again like climbing tricks over the like outcropping <laughs> to get onto the like shoddily built floorboards yeah. but now we know where um, Macaulay Culkin gets his upper arm strength because he's able to lift Elijah Wood up. And not Macaulay Culkin, I mean Henry. I'm not saying. No, I'm sure Macaulay Culkin's strong. He's right. Um, yeah. And we know because his mom does the same move at the end. So that's plausible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're all upper like, arm strength. Upper arm strength. Mm-hmm. People, it's genetic. They work at it. Mm-hmm. They build that treehouse clearly. <laughs> so just, yeah. She just did it hand over hand, <laughs> slinging, you know, pulley systems involved. Yeah. She goes out to this cliff every day to mourn the loss of her young child who drowned in the bathtub. That's right. And do sick, like pull ups exactly. and finger workouts. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> 
Um, the chalk bag under her smock. <laughs> yeah. So. You've left out one of the chief characters. Samwise the Brave. I want to hear more about Sam. <laughs> I did just want to pause here before we get too much Macaulay talk in here and just mention how Elijah Wood is the perfect foil for a Macaulay Culkin. So good. Bad boy is like he is so worried all of the time. Yep. Those Frodo eyes just smoldering mm-hmm. this entire movie that brow putting in the extra work. <laughs> it was just like I thought he was really I we'll get to it later. I guess I liked him. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a good it it was like Yeah, I mean that like that stuff is believable too. Even just him as the emotional, like worried kid. Yeah, there's a reason why they both have had great careers, and it's not just the village of the damned over here, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Speaking of more things left on the table, so yeah, that bolt gun. Let's talk about that bolt gun. So Cousin Henry is (laughs) still very funny to me. Four years old. (laughs) Our Cousin Henry is four years old, but he better take heed of his tale. He has this shed on the property that is his own and he tells his mom that there's a top secret project in there and she can't go in. Now, I guess you're going to think to yourself, well, this mother is mourning the loss of her, I want to say, less than two-year-old son. Yeah, it right? seems like it, yeah. Um, And she's all fucked up. So, like, maybe she's not paying as good attention. And let's just go out here and say... Bad dad, bad uncle, that guy, the uncle in this movie is... Oh, Cousin Henry's dad. Yeah, like, he's terrible. He's not even part of this. He just has one scene, basically, where he, like, in front of the kids, talks about how, like, she should be over it, basically. Yeah, yeah, and calls her out at the dinner table and yeah. says, why don't you pack up his shit and get it out of here? Yeah, about, yeah, about packing up the the... The room. The room. (laughs) Let's let Mark sleep in there for the next three days before while he's visiting. And we'll use this as a good opportunity to uh, turn over the shrine to your dead child. Played by Rory Culkin in the one photograph we see of baby Richard in the movie. Yeah. So the mom's not paying attention. The dad is doing, you know, working job the whole time. And... Macaulay Culkin says that he has this top secret thing and she apparently hasn't gone in there for months, years. Ever. Because it's his psychopath lair where he keeps like talismans of his... He has trophies and his stuff. His trophies, yeah. Um, this is a really great like serial killer profile. Mm-hmm. Like all of it. That's a good building thing. Well, I guess he already killed his brother, but... well. It's killing not, animal, hurting animal. It's not animals. totally clear if he did kill his brother. He never says that he did. He's like, what if I did? And mm. I think that it, and I'm giving this movie way too much credit, but like it could be that the child drowned in this bathtub and he feels guilty about it or it, it like started this chain of events in his mind mm-hmm. where like he enjoyed that or whatever or he. I think it could be even maybe he didn't do anything to help yeah or something like that right like he yeah and that was thrilling to him or something mm-hmm. whatever it is that could have just been like the igniting moment yeah for him but anyway he's got this he, yeah, he's got this he has shed this shed full of trophies and he and in 
there he's making this bolt gun where he eventually does like kill a cat no that giant rabid dog he, he kills he yeah, tries like the, he misses the cat yeah and then he kills this dog that, i think it's like the security dog for the docks right at like whatever the town marina and right. it's like picturesque <laughs> yeah so it's basically like checking all the boxes on the psychopath test shout out john ronson psychopath um and for those of you who don't know john ronson is an author and a like radio personality frequent contributor to this american life did a bunch of great podcasts butterfly effect last days of august check it out he's amazing he also wrote a book called the psychopath test and things like no empathy um like a grandiose personality killing animals without uh, remorse and um basically being this kid i don't know it's like yeah. he, he yeah um oh i well i mean even when the mom finally does go inside the shed and basically brushes off as if it were a cobweb a doll w- with a noose around its neck like a, clearly yeah, that like was a, ridiculous <laughs> doll with no there are, again several scenes in the movie that demand much more reaction than they deserve from every single character and cast member yeah so eventually she does go in the shed but the way that the way that cousin henry is allowed to have privacy and secrets it was i think a major thing to me that i was thinking about with parenting mm-hmm. because when i was growing up my mom was very respectful of my privacy like i started journaling when i was honestly like eight years old or something crazy like yeah. i've I've always had a journal. I've always was always hiding stuff in my room, <laughs> but she never did. never found she, your secrets. She never did, and I know she didn't because I would have been held accountable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, and I I loved that. Like I think that's so important. But at the same time, this movie is pretty uh, terrible with how they treat women. We can get into that later, but. I, re- I really think that the mom and the little sister would have already known that this kid was had something wrong with him. Yes. Um, but even if he even if she wasn't paying attention because of this loss in their family and their new, you know, the cu- cousin Mark who's come to stay with them, all these things, you still shouldn't. There is a line. There's a line where you need to go into the shed <laughs> and just see what's going on. Yes, it's yeah, especially when it's put that way There's so, so many explicitly. Red flags. Like I wasn't giving off any red flags as a child that well, a journal I was... or n- a journal is not a red flag. Exactly. Like exactly. I'm saying shit. Like, yeah. it's not that's not a red flag. My behavior wasn't a red you know, like but if your kid is cousin Henry mm-hmm. and you're you have your eyes open, you will see that he is exhibiting like really terrifying behavior it's not like he was so cool and calculated that you would never know but no they, yeah, yeah. but very... they make it seem like the mom the little sister and the therapist can't see this for what it is anyway yeah which is great and i mean again like with this this bolt gun is just in the garage again so many points at which i don't understand why Elijah Wood wouldn't just be like, look, here's the bulk gun that he made. Obviously, I didn't construct this thing in the last eight days. So, you know. Yeah. Check this guy out. Where Yeah, like I, 
um, the sort of like gaslighting of Elijah Wood would never really amount to anything. Yeah. Like when, when they make it seem like this kid has fooled the therapist. Right. Like that. And it's, it's a shame because she says a really excellent line in the movie, which would make you think that she wouldn't be fooled by a child psychopath. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She says, "Well, Mark is saying, what do you what do you think? What makes people evil?" Oh, and, I actually have this as a clip. Oh, I guess you forgot our appointment. I just didn't feel like talking. Talking helps. It helped the last time, didn't it? You're a doctor. You know things. Well, some things. What do you think? What makes people evil? Evil's a word people use when they've given up trying to understand someone. There's a reason for everything if we could just find it. What if there isn't a reason? What if something just is? Why, Mark? Do you think you're evil? Because you let your mother die? You know that's not true. What if there was this boy? And he did these terrible things because he liked doing them. Are you saying he was evil? I don't believe in evil. You should. Thanks for nothing, Elmer. Jesus. Fucking Elmer, man. Um, yeah, like I don't believe in evil. I can probably spot a psychopath. And people aren't evil. They're just, there's something wrong. We need to understand it. Karen. Yeah. Karen. Karen. A chilling tale about how about evil some exists. Some people are just evil. <laughs> like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a, yeah, the point is he would be diagnosed. Right. That would be that wouldn't be that he is evil. It'd be he's he's broken. He's a broken child and we can do, you know, we can work with him to try to get him to leave, live a normal life before he kills a human being. <laughs> that was so again, so strange and really could have been a cool function of this film, but I, yeah, I mean it gets a lot a thing we talk about all the time on here, which there's a reason for all behaviors and there's a reason for um, even woo saying baby all the time lately. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is, but I sometimes really love it. I sometimes really hate it. When he goes, when he says it like, hey, baby, I really like when he calls me a baby. Like it's because a kid at his school called him a baby and he didn't yes. like it. He, which he revealed on the when he was on the toilet with me at he I was in the stall with him. He's <laughs> pooping at Disneyland the other day. And he just said, this kid at school said, I'm like too little to play with them or, and that I'm a baby. And it said, look, you're, you're a big kid. You're, he just, he thinks of you as little because he knew you when you were little mm-hmm. and he just doesn't think about like that. You can do anything that they can do, but you can, you play with them all the time. And, but still baby remains. <laughs> um, yeah. And like the reason it's funny. It's like, yeah, there's like a reason for behavior and it's that they're overwhelmed or 
you know, it's like there's not like a logical reason. It's an impulsive reason. And, and, and you can tell when he's like gearing himself up when he's upset about something and then the babies come out and he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, baby. Yeah. You I know, baby. baby. <laughs> uh, it's so weird. It's, it's just like weird little like rebellion. And yeah. He screws his little face up. Yeah. Yeah. He what? Like, no, are you kidding me, baby? Yeah. <laughs> You're kidding me. Is there a big one too? Um and yeah, but it's not like we take it's 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 not because he's being a prick. He's not trying to just be like an asshole, which like I think a lot of parents default Yes, they they put their own mm-hmm. thing on it, like, oh, this kid is like being mean or like I need to teach him that that's not okay. Yeah. You know, and it's like yes. But if you give it the, like that attention, they're just going to do it more and they're not doing it because, because they understand the weight of it. Like perfect example, Wu got into the Lion King soundtrack for whatever reason and just wanted to listen to it, listen to the happy songs um, right. over and over again. And the new version of Akuna Matata has a line with Billy Eichner going, you disgust me. And he just would, he picked up on it. And, and really keyed into that one. Really keyed into it. And I think maybe, I don't know. I don't know why he did, but he would say it. And he was saying it to like our family over Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it was like, just, you know, I made the mistake the first time of being of trying to explain it. Like, woo, don't say that. You know, as soon as you say, don't say that. Oh my God. I'm going to say it. Yeah. And I, I think there is also something to, I talked to a, a parent who's a, a parent of some older kids recently. And we got into the whole idea that like a lot of parents also put their own kind of self-fulfilling prophecies on their kids at all ages. And just like having, disrespectful kids or bad kids or whatever it is. How's this kind of this invention often of the parents at all stages in their lives where they want this to be, um, they kind of like the trope of it. They like the stereotype of like the shitty teenager or the terrible twos or whatever it is. And when you realize that like, all this stuff comes from somewhere and there has to be a reason behind it. It is like, I'm very heartening to hear that some of the stuff that we're trying on with a two and a three-year-old, um, it can extend into life beyond that. And like the way that you raise your kid. And so, you know, I think that that's, yeah, it's not just about like, Oh, when they can't express themselves. Cause there's, we always, there are always points where we can't express ourselves in the way that we want to as you're changing and growing and everything else like that. And life throws crazy stuff at you, but like kind of not putting your own, uh, framing around a kid's, the, the why of a kid's behavior. Carol's very good at stopping me from asking why our kids do stuff when they do it, like asking it to the children that, um, because there is, they can't, explain that that's the whole reason they did the behavior in the first place yeah it's just hard to but like as a a thinking adult you want a reason right and they're just kind of there is one but it's just not Mm -hmm. they're never going to tell you right and if you and if if you react with confusion or anger at them it will just throw them off so badly like that's a total janet lansbury thing you know 
Wu is just like constantly punching Boo right now, knocking him down, pulling him off the shirt, punching him in the face today. Like it's crazy. It's just it happens. It's over. Mm-hmm. Boo cries, and you know sometimes you can't help but be like, "Whoa!" Like that's too much. Like like you react, and then you're like, you just have to like put that aside and giving the whoever hit equal attention to the person who was hit. Yeah. And just saying like, can't let you do that. And you have to check in with like, look, he doesn't like that. Whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you have to really, because your reaction, like if I saw you hitting someone, I would be like, what What is going on? What is that? Why are you doing that? You know? And they, that, that would really freak them out that, because they need, they need to know that like, they're not, that <laughs> yeah doing that i hear that a they're lot not of a pa- bunch of cousin henry's cousin henry <laughs> <laughs> sweetest child oh god he is he's like the opposite of this henry mm-hmm. um though he's obsessed with guns which is great i mean it's well, like it makes it extra cute because he's just like if i have my guns <laughs> if i die please don't go on a trip to tokyo and send our children which is funny because actually in our will that is exactly what That's would where happen. <laughs> <laughs> if we both die. Oh god, the remake is happening. Um so yeah, I think that the just hopping back for a second. I'd love to know people's um people's experience with privacy and secrets and stuff both with their kids now or like growing up because i think that that kind of like trust and i know a lot of i know a lot of parents or like friends whose parents violated their their secrecy you know Mm -hmm. and that that can really be damaging or not i don't know i want to hear from people definitely and i'm and obviously secrecy now is so much different than it was when we were children ourselves. So digital secrecy and all that kind of thing. And I yeah. think just more awareness of we interact the same way as our children do, which I think is different than the generations previous to us. We're like, we all have the same technological tools and then we are enough in touch with our own childhoods to think about like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, kids hiding like porn in the woods or whatever like what is what's happening now is a is a much different thing and you know what what is the like or yeah like going to do weird stuff like oh let's i want to talk about mr highway (laughs) you always do i always do i do remember as a kid at being at i think it was probably like a church retreat thing at the summer camp that i went to it's like a youth group families thing i guess that we're all staying at the kind of campground um in the off season of the camp and just like during some free time we all kind of like a group of us boys like wandered off into the woods and we like we found the highway and somebody had found like a can of paint and wanted to throw it off and so someone did throw it off it was not it wasn't me and it also wasn't at a car like everyone was far too like scared and i think um morally centered to want to throw it at or on a car and um 
but it was like, well, let's throw this off a bridge and see what happens is still like, when I just stop and think about like, I remember panicking, like just thinking like, I don't want to be anywhere near this, uh, being the Elijah Wood and really wanting to like get out of there and also like tell someone as soon as I got back, which I didn't, I never did. I don't think like, I don't think anyone Mm. ever like found out or like connected it to this group of kids or anything like that. Cause it was just paint on high, you know, at that point it's like, it's not a big, it doesn't really matter, but it is like, Oh, you could have killed someone. Absolutely. As like, and in this, and the big set piece in this movie. Yeah. Which is a 10 car pile up. Yeah. Because Henry has made this dummy, Mr. Highway and he throws, he had, you know, promised his cousin Mark something really unforgettable. Right. And um, they go and throw, he throws it over this overpass. And yeah, like uh, at least 10 cars swerve and crash into uh-huh. each other. And um, our friend Adam, we were talking about this movie on at the New Year's party. For the kids. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year's to our child listeners out there. Yep. <laughs> so many. Um, and he, I I was doing the thing where I was pretending that I had seen the movie because. Oh, I do it too much. Well, I, I had a whole, um, I had a whole year of movies because of this, because I would lie so much about having seen a movie that I hadn't. So I, I did a year back in 2011 that uh, I watched a movie every day and wrote a blog about it, yada, yada. This was a chronic thing. And then I it, I hadn't done it in a while. It was weird. Right. It that, was like that a, kind of exercised some stuff from your... Yeah, I hadn't done it. And he was like, I still remember when they, you know, dropped that guy off the, the overpass. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, that, that was a crazy part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you believe that happened? Um, anyway... I think that a lot of people do. I think that is, it really, it, it kind of is like the first, because that, does that happen before or after he kills the dog? I can't remember. I think it's before. I think it's the first real, like, okay, this kid is crazy moment. Like maybe he shows him the crossbow and misses the cat and then they do the Mr. Highway stunt right. and then yeah. he kills the dog. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then... <laughs> Yeah, the at least the movie does like build because the ice skating scene with his sister, where he like <laughs> flings his sister build. onto the thin ice and she drops underneath. Um, Genuinely terrifying. That was actually, I mean, it's that like was a yeah, crazy. <laughs> the shot of her fl- being flung across the ice was like looked like something out of not child's play, but what was the Home Alone ripoff movies? The little redhead problem child. Look at some of the problem child movies. And uh, it is just like this kind of wacky, like, well, there she goes getting flung off into the ice, but then very terrifying, which it does actually. And like goes under the ice. Um, Oh, and him just keeping his hand out of reach is like, that's a, that is a genuinely great. Yeah. I think that was for me, this only scary, really scary um, scene. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, the memorable thing is Mr. Highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of this movie. I think oh, besides the, besides the ice, the most. Yeah. Thing. But that, that happens in other, that happens in little women. Spoiler alert. It's been, <laughs> it's been made 13 <laughs> times people. Is that true? Yeah. Maggie told me that. Thanks Maggie. 
Thanks, Maggie. It's been made 13 times, and The Good Son has only been made once. What is happening in this world? Somebody needs to tell these boys' story. Someone. That's oh, enough these, little women. Wow, oh, these little white boys. When will they get their day at the ice rink? Um, should we rate this movie? Oh, sorry. Oh. Wait, can I, I do want to say one last thing about Mr. Highway. And this was, I didn't want to like, jump too far ahead when i was saying like reactions in this movie that are like miles below where they should be for what just happened is when the mr highway thing happens elijah wood just goes wow (laughs) that's it it. sorry um but yeah let's rate this movie okay josh Uh how many rubber duckies which is the Bert. psychopath trophy that Henry has from his oh, little brother dying in the bathtub. It's really sad. There's lots of dark stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, how many rubber duckies do you give this movie out of five? I guess I give it two rubber duckies. Oh, wow, you really didn't like it. Yeah, the music... So fucked it up. And like I said, I I wouldn't have, uh, I would not have pieced these scenes together in the same way that they did. Um, I think it's prime for a remake. I think there's some good stuff there, but I thought it was a crappy. So two stars, two rubber duckies. Squeak, squeak. Trade in your paper clips for a <laughs> soap dish no more. Wow, I just need to say that that is a reference to Christmas Eve on Sesame Street and the gift of the Magi scenes with Bert Bert and Ernie. If anyone besides my sister Monica got that reference, I will be just shocked to the very core. Um, Should I tell you how how many I... I would love to know (laughs) how many rubber dookies you'd give this movie out of five. I would say because, okay... In that year of movies, I watched a lot of 90s movies. The whole thing was like, I wanted to watch movies that people couldn't believe I hadn't seen. And because of that, a, a, lot, a lot of them were 90s Tell movies. Tell what that, it was called. It's still out there, I assume. Yeah. You haven't seen Braveheart is, was my blog. And um, I, I ended up watching a lot of 90s films that were so bad that everyone loves. And... I don't think everyone loves this movie. I don't think anyone loves this movie, but it was the nineties. And I think I would solely because of the performances, uh-huh. I'd give it, I'll give it two and a half. I was going to say three, but give it that's, three. Why not? no, because controversy. It, it is bad, but I, I give it more leeway because at the time i don't know it would never it would never outside of the 90s it would never work you know what i mean this movie being made yeah couldn't have been made in the 80s no hmm. it is very i mean yeah it's even not, the whole thing about like evil kids is so 90s it's very like post reagan yes like i appreciate it i appreciate it garbage it's um it's cultural uh I, I yeah, I appreciate it. So that's where it gives I'll give it two and three quarters rubber duckies. Okay. We'll round it up to three. Uh <laughs> there 
Oh, a piece of trivia I read about this movie is that they cut out the Mr. Highway scene in the UK version because they were afraid too many kids would imitate it. That is insane. And also, how cute now, looking back. Because yeah. all the stuff that happens in movies now. Um, mass shooting every day in this country. <sighs> if only. Uh, if only that's what kids were doing. That's, that's all they just, were doing. Yeah, you just know to slow down or like not worry about it if you see a dummy go over the side of a <laughs> overpass. Oh, well, I guess that is a good life lesson. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That was the other title of this movie. What are you going to do? Kids are evil. What are you going to do, Karen? Speaking of kids. Oh, we rating those kids? Got to. Oh, boy. Okay, let's see. Um, All right. How, Carol. Josh. How many steamed Maine lobsters (laughs) do you give (laughs) the children of this movie? I'm talking... Macaulay Culkin. I'm talking Elijah Wood. I'm talking Quinn Culkin. I'm talking the photo of Rory Culkin. I'm talking. <laughs> Photo's cute. Uh, I guess that's it. That's all the kids. No school chums. No neighborhood kids. Bunch of assholes with hockey sticks at the ice at the pond. How, what and you, the soccer team. And the, the soccer team at the beginning when I thought it was in South Africa or Tatooine. I didn't know where this was. Okay. Go ahead. How many? Out of, oh boy, out of out of five, also five steamed lobsters. I'll give them four and two claws steamed lobsters. They were great. Ooh. They carried the movie. I mean, the whole this movie would be beyond nothing without Macaulay Culkin. And like you said, Elijah Wood, perfect foil. They became friends on set. They're friends to this day because they both are great actors. I bet Macaulay Culkin learned to smoke cigarettes on this set. That cigarette was a... I just read so much trivia um, before we started. Um, it was a like a plastic or some sort of tube with um, parsley in it. It was not a real cigarette. But then after he's like, I'm going to go practice with real cigarettes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smoking is cool. Yeah. Shout out Mike Bollier, my neighborhood friend who had a carton of Marlboro Reds under his bed wow. when he was nine or ten. Oh, uh, that's so sad. Yeah. Well... Um, what about you? I, it was very hard to un-Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, as good as he was in this. And I can't help but think about all the like current takes about, you know, how many like Vox articles or something are there about like, do you know how many times the wet bandits would have died in Home Alone if this little psychopath had really done, mm-hmm. his, you know, that I think. He is kind of a little psychopath in Home Alone. He is, but it's his house and he has to defend it. But he is ruthless. <laughs> pro standard ground, Karen. He doesn't care about movie. feet, doesn't care about hands or bald heads. That's true. Tarantulas. A perfect example here is like my girl. He's not like that. Like it's not Macaulay Culkin being Macaulay Culkin. And like, oh, I'm not saying that. I just mean that like I think even two years after that, it's such an obvious turn to be like now he's evil that lovable little scamp from uncle buck is now evil and he's in an r-rated movie but no i mean i thought it was i thought they were okay i'm giving it three lobsters 
Um, like you were saying at the beginning, you loved them. That's so. I loved Elijah Wood, and well, I do think they carried the movie, and I do think, yeah. Uh, but like I said, I'm underwhelming reactions to certain things, and I didn't. I liked one thing Elijah Wood did in it, which was he when he really when he tried to actually tell an adult, like when he called his dad. To say, yeah, come get me. Nobody believes me, and like here's and his all this dad stuff that happened. Him. Yeah, that was like an important thing. I thought that was, but I thought that was like really good. And I would have really hated it if he hadn't, if he hadn't just mm-hmm. been like, nobody's gonna believe me. I can't say anything. It's like my least favorite. Right. Um, Failure to communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, this this three. This just wasn't. They weren't scary. They're good actors. They look good doing it. Right. But I I was not transported mm, right you're just in the home alone um uh shire land that we all inhabit during the holidays that's right but henry please no Airplane fans. I mean, <laughs> seriously, it is the same. Okay. Mm. Um. Okay, I have an interview with a vam parent question for oh you. Oh my goodness! Oh please. I do. Okay, so as we just mentioned, the movie opens with a soccer game. Um, Elijah Wood is cousin Mark is playing soccer and um. His dad shows up at the field, stricken. Things aren't going well with his mom. It just got me thinking about sports. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, are are you excited about sports, the sport life, the sporting life that faces us soon? Uh, it's a bittersweet question you're asking. Uh, I was not an athletic child. What? I did play <laughs> youth sports because it was a, it was like a thing. It was just the thing to do. I famously in my family, like I'd like play goalie playing soccer and would just be sitting on, if you've ever been to a like child soccer game, you know that it's a pack of, in that like under six age group. It is just a it's a gaggle of children just like chasing a ball. There's no like actual athletics or you know, it's just an excuse for them to run around. And um I would just so I just sit on our side of the field because you couldn't cross midfield and would just be picking flowers, be sitting on the ground. <laughs> I'd always almost always quit. Soccer hated it. Yeah. And um there are other things I liked later, but anyway, as but I'm excited about it for. I have zero interest in coaching or anything like that. I'm happy to like help out. Oh, you're gonna coach? It's gonna be. It's it's basically already happening. You just became a coach. I'm really excited for really both these kids, but Boo is really showing like a natural interest in sports in a way that Woo is less so. I think they're both going to have fun playing soccer. I, I think, think so they'll too. have fun with that. And I, and obviously Boo is, I'm saying this to you only, but that Boo is completely obsessed with basketball. And 
he's as soon as it's possible for him to actually like join an organized basketball thing. I want him to do it because oh, I he's think, he is obsessed. Yeah. Um, he, every time he gets a ball, he goes shoot it and he just hoists it as far and but like he doesn't he doesn't get frustrated with it that is the i think that's the key is that like he is happy to go uh to just do the sisyphean thing of like you have this rubber ball that you can't even you can barely pick up there's a 10 foot hoop in front of your face you're gonna try to shoot it and say you want to try a slam dunk and you want to do us you can't do any of that stuff but he'll He'll do it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, and, he's very focused. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. And I think they both and they both have fun like chasing and running around. I think they're just gonna like and so that's the stuff I'm I'm really excited yeah. about that. Yes. I agree. And I try to not ever, even even though I totally agree with you, but I don't ever want to put on them like he's athletic, he's not, he you know, because I feel like we our parents did that with us. I mean, our generation and like just, you know, calling out to your, you know, (laughs) around you all the time. Like she can't run, she can't do that or whatever it is, you know, or like so many things like that, that really mess with your mind. Like next year, woo could get really into soccer or something, you know, like it's, Oh yeah. Or, and it's all about finding your thing. Yeah. That's and, yeah, I, exactly. And I just never want to make any judgment calls about it because it's so hard to undo that um once you have heard it several times as a kid. But um as far as the actual sporting life goes. Mm-hmm. We've been to a few of my sister's kids games and it's fun to watch your kid, you know, do the thing, but it's also like such a commitment. And then if they like it, Oh my God. And then if they pursue it and if then they su- if they're successful if at they're it, successful and then inevitably they will drop it. And I don't think that it's a bad thing. Like, Oh God, you wasted all that time. Like they're not going to be a professional athlete. Cause I think the process is so much more important with all this stuff and teaching your kid that is way more important. Like it's oh, not, yeah. it's not about like getting a scholarship or whatever. It just sounds like exhausting of like and like such a time commitment for us. Oh yeah, we, there's certain things already, that are off the off the list, like yeah. uh, hockey off the list, travel I'm, anything. Well, Ugh, we'll see. God, I, but yeah, like yeah, if, if they're good enough at at soccer or something to get onto travel teams, that is like a you're going to tournaments, you're going to you're doing you're going to tournaments. I'm not going to tournaments. I'm just kidding. I will. Of course. It's just insane to think about right now. Our lives are so busy. And then to add all that crap onto it, just. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Bittersweet yeah. Is, is right from the jump. It's just bittersweet. Yeah. I'm excited to watch him run around and do that stuff I'm because excited. I also have zero stake in it. That's yes. the best. It's just knowing that neither of us is a parent who's going to be like, I can't believe you missed that goal. I know. And, and seeing those parents at my nephew's games, mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I just want to like go up to them and be like, Zach Morris timeout. Mm-hmm. I'm like timeout of like, they're reality. frozen. They can't even hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, but like, just to like, are you serious right now? You're yelling at your child. Mm-hmm. Or you're just getting mad and fuming 
alone. I don't know which one's worse if you're just looking at it like, God damn it. <laughs> Bradley. But then it just, it feeds off of it. And then like, you know, my, my uh, brother-in-law and my sister are getting all amped up too. And they don't care. I know they don't care. You know, like when they know their kids and they know like what's important, mm-hmm. but it's like, you can't help it. That's true. And maybe, maybe we'll feel differently after like a season. Oh, you know, it's so competitive when you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, you suddenly like learn more about that anyway. I yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I'm in general, I'm just very pro like find your thing and supporting that wherever it takes them. Like our both our, our boys are very pro scooter skateboard stuff. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, and I I love that. I mean it's appealing to me, but I like it just so the coolest part is watching them figure it out. And so like mm-hmm. I would be thrilled if one of them was like you water polo. That's what I want to do. Like, cool. Let's give it a go. You know, I just think that like, if that's going to be your bag, it's cool. And I wish that there was something that I, I wish I was not allowed to quit things, but my mom would let me quit stuff. She made the right decision. You can't force a child to, it was torture at the time. You would have resented it so much. Like I, no, you see the season through. You do the. Th- I mean, I did that. That's true. I guess I didn't. I, I think <laughs> I was that like, would be that's it. messed up. She didn't. <laughs> but like you would, I I think yes, that you there see, is see the season through for sure. But you know, stick with the commitment. But then it's if you didn't like doing it. I mean, I can't imagine if my I played basketball for one year in fourth grade. I was so awful at it, and if they had forced me to keep going, I would have. I mean, that would have been. <laughs> I wouldn't have made the team, so I guess I wouldn't have mattered. That's true. But yeah. well, I think I think though then it's more like, well, then what are you doing with this time? Okay, so it wasn't this, but what is it then? You know, and I think that because like the thing I never drew from it was discipline in mm-hmm. that way that I wish I had. I think right. that that's it. It's like if you're saying like, no, you're filling this. This is time you're you're filling with an activity. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not even a a sport or a physical thing, but. Ideally, it would be like the kid, you know, you want to have something that's exercise. Who's so like, okay, you like skateboarding? Like, cool. You're going to do it. Then. Like, then that's yeah. how you're going to spend your time. But it's going to be like an active thing. I, I I think there's something there to that. We'll see. But um, right yeah. now, it's... It doesn't it's, have to be active, though. Band, music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's... I mean, like... Stuff. That it's a it's a it's a concerted uh, effort to be get... To improve at something and get and get good at it and develop routines and yeah um and all that yeah and just progress and learn especially with something that should be like um team or even like individualized sports are still like team oriented in their own way I don't know. know if this was um no I know it wasn't <laughs> but it would have been cool if it was the way it worked with uh with playing trumpet for me was like once in fourth grade you could do uh, you could do an instrument mm-hmm. in school you have to miss like half an hour of, of class but you would go to like your band lesson during school and i begged to be able to do it so i think you have to do some like reverse psychology if that's what my mom did then it worked <laughs> until senior year of high school but i was always like fighting to like keep doing it because it was an argument hmm. well because it was money you know it was like lessons and rental and right, all that. right right but um as if we can do that somehow like make like no 
boo, you can't do basketball. Prove it to me. Prove that you're good enough. Earn those new sneakers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. I don't know if we, do we have time for a, where are they now? I'm going to do the, where are they now on our social media feed, I guess. Okay. Culkin family tree. Yeah. Cause everybody, everybody loves a good Culkin update. I have one. Yeah. There's eight of them. It's crazy. Half of them were in this movie in some form. Yeah. Elijah Wood doing great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know, we know where he is. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, with the elves, right? That's right. Lothlorien. Real quick. Kids are creepy. All right. Pretend there was a song there. Okay. There won't be, but. <laughs> okay. All right, Elmer. So. I just want to talk briefly about Wu's first roller coaster, real roller coaster. Oh, my God. Um, his, his very first roller coaster was at a carnival last summer. That it was just a a loop, uh, an an O, mm-hmm. with some with two hills, um, and he then cried and cried. He cried. He liked it for the first two Lap. two laps. Yeah. Um. So we went to Disneyland this past week. It was very crowded. We had family in town, and um, it was a good time. But it was pretty bananas. We could only get one fast pass the whole time. That's right. That was that we used. That we used, yeah, to hyperspace mountain. Mm-hmm. Not, I, you know what? I'm unnecessary rebranding. Completely unnecessary. I wish they hadn't done that because then they did the whole Star Wars land. So, like, why? You mm-hmm. know. Um, but but then Star Tours is still right there. Yeah. The point is, we put our um, three and a half year old child on Hyperspace Mountain because he met the height requirement. We had a, ha- a fast pass. Um, so you better believe he went. He said he wanted to go on a roller coaster. We put him on a roller coaster. He also is obsessed with space right now. Yes. He he put together this whole Lego space shuttle. He's did a 200 piece puzzle today of the solar system. He's real, real into it. He did not like the roller coaster. <laughs> I thought I was murdering him during the entirety of the roller coaster ride. Uh, he was screaming in He's a like way that lungs. just no, no, no. He was very upset. Yeah, as if he was being pulled into a van. Yep. <laughs> against his will. Um, but then, as he's been processing it in these days after, <laughs> he he talks about how he cried. I asked him what his favorite part of Disneyland was, and he said the part right before you, like you're in the complete darkness of Space Mountain, mm. like the the lasers, the lasers. He loved I that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? The, <laughs> the people who don't know that you're going into a roller coaster in the dark, <laughs> uh, which is why he keeps calling it Ghost Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and. As you can see, we're really scraping the barrel here for Kids Are Creepy All Right. We need some stories. We need some feedback. We do. So don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us, mummyxdeady at gmail.com. Twitter and Facebook, mummyxdeady. Instagram at mummyxdeadypod. And 
For the love of God, leave us a voicemail. 818-839-1991. 818-839-1991. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a hot cup of chowder on a crisp New England day. Bye. guys it's late knock it off i mean it not another peep henry what today was fun tomorrow will be even better